All right. Looks like we are and ready to rock. Hey, thanks for joining me this evening. And we got a nice show put together for you, something that uh, is done once a year, and that's putting your plan together, your plan for competition, right? I want to discuss some things that you've never heard before. Uh, these are things that I'd never heard before and all came down from the Olympic level and how the Olympians put together their year. Uh, kind of rule of thumb for me is if it's done at the Olympic level, uh, it works anywhere. If it works at the Olympic level, it works anywhere. And um, if it's not done at the Olympic level, I don't do it. So, uh, so in this broadcast, I'm gonna share with you how top athletes in the world plan their year for competition, okay? There are key ingredients that can make or break you, okay? And we're gonna talk about those key ingredients. So, and also what you should and shouldn't do in laying out your year of competition. Uh, thanks for joining me, it's gonna be a great lecture and uh, paving your way uh, or paving your path for a successful season. So if you've never met me before, I'm Sean Humphreys. I'm a high performance coach. I specialize in changing performance of individuals. Whether you're a highly skilled athlete or you're on the way of being one, or maybe just want to improve your performance, you're in the right place, all right? So if we look at this, um, give me a thumbs up. Let me know uh, that you can hear me and uh, give me a little smiley face, give me a little love. Also, hey, uh, also let me know where you're joining us from. I always like to know the city and state and the country that you're watching from because we have folks turning in, tuning in from all around the world. Also know that you can catch this rebroadcast on uh, my YouTube channel, all right? And uh, love to uh, field those requests and those questions as well. So. Let's kind of get into the nuts of this, right? So you're planning, you're planning your year of competition, okay? Doesn't matter really what sport it is, especially if you are a sport that you're doing on your own, like if you're a lone wolf, like if you're, if you're in golf or if you're in tennis, uh, if you're in archery or rifle shooting, um, any type of individual sport, that you're doing that, okay? It, it becomes a little bit more difficult because you've got to take, you've got to catch the more brunt end of the ownership in doing that, okay? But if you're in a team environment, it's a little bit easier, but I'm gonna assume that uh, you're in an individual sport right now, and that's what we're gonna talk about this evening. So planning it uh, can be a brutal task. However, as a competitor that is thriving through the stages of development and you're developing your uh, game as a competitor, it's, it's critical you are strategic and highly tactical in doing this, okay? Especially if you're moving the needle in your performance. You know, the four stages that we talk about, and you, as we've talked about in other uh, lectures, you know, the first stage is training to learn, and the second stage is training to compete, then training to the win, and then the final, final stage is really training to advance. That's kind of at the Olympic level in high-level sports, such as MLB winning another World Series or in, super, uh, in football winning another Super Bowl. They want to advance themselves to another level. So those are conversations that we have in the NFL uh, with, with, uh, with the Saints and these guys 
you know, wanting to win another Super Bowl. So um, it's, it's important to know what stage that you're in. So the majority of the competitors, what I call the 95 percenters, will just wing it month to month and really just, they don't plan out their year. They just kind of, they kind of react to what the month is. And if competition is available, they'll, they'll enter it, you know, one or two weeks out and really no long preparation in advance. And, you know, honestly, that's where the 95, 95% rest, you know, they, they might schedule out their month, but that's kind of, kind of be it. And now on the other hand, the five percenters, you know, they're the ones that are doing all the winning 95% of the time. They do all the planning too. They do 95% of all the planning. And um, that's why they're in the 5%. And they do it well. They do an advance and they seem to have more time on their hands and not stressed out and complaining because they don't have enough time because they do. And they realize that just FYI, there's there's 168 hours in a week. And if you haven't ever thought about it, there is. So, uh, you know, as we work with our college coaches, they, they use that platform of managing those 168 hours a week, especially with our goal planning model that we've talked about. If you haven't had a chance to see that show, you need to check it out um, on the, the YouTube rebroadcast, uh, the Olympic goal planning model. So it talks about that, that plan as well with the 168 hours. So. Uh, it's important to manage that piece. So when you're planning out your year, you know, the first thing, you know, it's important, you have to determine the competition schedule, you know, for the year. In most sports, there are, are several big events or major events or competitions scheduled for the year, and they're all brought together for a final national event or could be a state event or a national event. And it's important to understand what these dates are so that you can start planning out your season. And so I've broken this down into several steps and uh, some details around it. So let's get started here. So number one, you should schedule these events on your master calendar and in your performance analysis. So it should all be written down. We talk about this all the time. It, you need to be looking at it every day of what your schedule is going to be because you're going to know what your training needs to be. So the first thing is is you got to you got to look at all the scheduled events and you got to you got to lay it out, okay? And once you once you have all your competition days scheduled, okay? That's number 1. Look at your schedule, get the, get the events and once you have all the competition days scheduled, now, excuse me, number 2 you're going to count the number of training days that you have available until your next competition. And then after that competition, then you're going to count the next training days that are available for that next competition. And you're going to do so and you're going to count all of your training days up that you have available to train outside of the competition. Okay. Now number three, now you want to count the days available for the entire year, okay? So you may be surprised just how few there are, you know? So 
You've got to get the schedule. You've got to count the days of your training. Then you want to, to count the days available for the entire year that you have to do this. Okay. Now, number four, you've got to look. You've got to look for possible conflicts with your attendance for these special events. Okay. You've got to make sure that your your big events don't conflict with any of your schedules. Okay. That's that's critical, especially if you're aspiring to be a collegiate golfer, okay? If you're in high school and you're trying to work down this path to play in X amount of AJGA events a year, which are majors for a lot of people, um, the small percent, it's an everyday tour, everyday tour event for them. But the majority of the people, their the AJGA events, AJGA events are their majors. Now, college students may not be able to you know, for like example, college students, they may not be able to move their finals to go to a match, right? And that happens sometimes, but the coaches help them out with this, but they might be able to register in advance when they set up their classes so that they have Fridays free. And if the majority of the events, I know at the Ivy League school, that's, they're always on the weekends, right? And a lot of the tournaments are sun, sometimes they're Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So they're the early part of the week. So that's critical in understanding that. Your goal is to maximize the hours you have available by planning in advance. And it's the only way that you can maximize your hours that are available is by planning in advance. And planning in advance reduces the loss of training days uh, due to running out of maybe daylight or the training facilities are closed or due to holidays or what have you. So the, the more that you plan this out in advance, you're going to have a much better chance of planning your days of training. Okay. Number five, what you want to do is next, we got to talk about the budget. Okay. And I'm a big believer that sitting down, if it's your kids or if it's your athletes, you know, you've got to sit down and I think it's important that they understand the budget. And because they're going to have to do this on their own one of these days, and I think it's a good it's a it's a good uh, system to follow, and I think it's good to get used to doing it. If you're fortunate, you have a coach or a manager who assists you in this step, and if you don't have any help, ask. Um, a training budget has projections, and I've listed out uh, you know basically five or six areas here that uh, that need to be paid close attention to, right? So the first one is the equipment. You've got to have a budget for equipment. Uh, the next is you've got to have a budget for travel, okay? You've got to have a budget for fees, entry fees, association fees, uh, coaching fees. You need supplies, and those are, those are supplies that are supplies for your competition. Um, you've got food and beverage. Uh, you've got hotel expenses. Those actually kind of fall under travel, but I want to kind of dive into that a little bit as well. So uh, putting that budget together is listing, listing out everything, and I think it's important that we take uh, our young athletes through this so that they get an understanding of what this is all about. So now we want to get into number six is, you know, if we, what new equipment will you need to reach your goal for the year, okay? and or if you need any, okay? What is your plan to acquire this equipment? And when is the best time to make purchases? 
there's always good times to make purchases. And, you know, it's, you know, if, if you're like our household, we're always trying to watch the dollar, right? And every dollar counts. And it's important to understand, you know, there's certain times of the year that you buy equipment, right? And when is the best time to make an equipment change? Uh, the, we talk about this all the time. The best time to make an equipment change is, is in the off season. That's when you make an equipment change. You never make an equipment change in in season. You just don't do it because you don't have time to to commit to it and trust it and build your and grow your self image so it becomes like you to use that equipment. So the off season is where you do it. So uh, it's it's important to understand if you do need equipment, when's the time to when's the time to purchase it? What's the best time? When are the best deals? Um, usually the winter time is the best. You know, because not a lot of people are playing and um, you can get your best deals. So number seven, what's the cost of your training with coaches? You know, what kind of coaches do you need? Um, it's important to know what your training looks like, to know what kind of coaches that you need and understand what that budget is. If you're uh, in an academy, is it a monthly fee? Or if you're, you're, if you're taking one-offs and taking privates, you need to budget that for the entire year, what that number is going to be, okay? As it relates to a, a travel budget, it's important to understand, I, I think, because I, I travel all the time, right? And I think it's important to understand how the airlines price their flights if you're flying. Uh, what I have found is that um, I, I fly American Airlines quite a bit, and I've actually kind of gone to sometimes to the budget airlines, and I'll tell you about that in a minute, which is quite interesting. So, for instance, American Airlines, every Wednesday they have their flight adjustments on pricing, and it starts at 12.30 on every Wednesday. And you can call or you can check. The best thing to do is they, they post them at 12.30 of when their adjustment's going to be for, for that week on their pricing. And man, it's crazy sometimes what you can get. And but it adjusts back, um, I think, in a 72, 72 hour period. So just know every Wednesday at twelve thirty, uh, American Airlines. That's when they're going to adjust their uh, prices on their flights. Now, I fly quite a bit and spend a lot of time uh, at our facilities in in West Palm Beach and also and uh, on the road at, at the universities. And what I found is. Um, I've, I've done some of the budget airline research and I have literally have been able to cut my travel budget I mean almost cut three quarters of the budget out to where it's a third of the price for me to fly now uh, I've, I've used Spirit Airlines and you know what I've been able to fly from, from Dallas-Fort Worth to West Palm Beach and to Fort Lauderdale as low as a hundred bucks. I've flown for 98 bucks one time round trip. It's usually anywhere from 98 to 100, 110. I mean, that's significant when you're doing it every month or even multiple times a month. So uh, I can't drive for that. I can't drive across Texas for that, <laughs> as a matter of fact. So these prices are pretty reasonable and it's actually twice as reasonable you know, to fly than to drive, and in some cases, it's 10 times more reasonable. So I would encourage you to check out those budget flights as well, but also look at the prices uh, of baggage and all that stuff, because you're going to be bringing a lot of baggage. So 
And I mean that in a good way on baggage, by the way. So, so the next step is, okay, what are the fees for the events that you're going to be competing in? Are there association memberships? Are there seminars that you have to go to? Are there coaching fees in, in regards to uh, these events? Sometimes they have them. You've got to attend seminars, and uh, you need to make sure that you're paying close attention to that. What supplies are you going to need, right? The supplies include um, the clothing that you're going to wear for the event, your competition outfits, right, or your uniforms. Uh, one thing to keep, keep in mind is, is that when you're playing in inclement weather, you've you got to have a great, you got to have a great all-weather outfit, like a, a, an incredible rain suit. Is, it's paramount because it's not a matter if it's going to rain, it's when it, it's going to rain. So you've you got to have a great rain suit on call at all times. You've got to have plenty of golf balls in place. You've got to have plenty of gloves. You're going to need shoes, of course. And what I have found is multiple pairs of shoes last a lot longer than one pair of shoes. And also, if you just have one pair of shoes, if it rains and they're wet, there is nothing worse than playing another round in a pair of wet shoes. It only took me once or twice to learn that lesson, and that was it. you got to have a travel case for your travel bag. I recommend a hard case. I really do. Uh, they protect your clubs, no doubt. I know they're a pain in the rear to deal with, but you know what's a pain in the rear is that when you have these soft bags and something's thrown on them, next thing you know, you open it up, you got some bent clubs or a couple of them are even broken. Okay. You're going to need an inclement weather cover for your bag. Do you use a pool cart? It's always good to stockpile your supplies or keep a par stock all the time. And also keep in mind of the sales, right? Sometimes you can stockpile on balls and gloves in the wintertime and they're great for the spring, okay? Now getting back to the number, number eight, so now when you get into, what we're gonna do is we're gonna break this down into quarterly sessions, okay? So you divide your year into quarters, okay? The length of your quarters are individual uh, and sports specific. Okay, for the for the length of, for the length of those quarters. Okay, but typically the first quarter, you know, of your training year. Okay, the first quarter after you finished your much needed rest. Okay, from the last season of competition, when we're going into the first quarter, you've got to evaluate your previous performance. Okay, you've got to reflect, you've got to sit down. This should be done, um, such as, you know, what are, where, where were my goals for each event that I played in last season? Okay, you want to do an evaluation, you want to do a reflection. Uh, also, just FYI, I was looking here at my notes that um, I do have a, a YouTube lecture on that on the Olympic goal planning model that will talk a little bit about what those goals for competition and how you put those together. But you need to look back at your previous sessions or your previous year and look at all your events. And you need to have all this information written down after every event, you know. So, for example, you should be keeping your performance analysis from each day of your training and your competition so that you can go back and review. You gotta review your goals, what you did well, what you learned, what solutions that you needed, why did you need these solutions, what area you trained in, and why you trained in these areas. You know, all of that stuff is 
you know, compact it into our performance analysis, you know, I don't leave home without it, you know. Uh, this is this recaps my entire day, but it also recaps um, every single event that I play in. And what's cool about this is that at the front of the uh, performance analysis, it's got a uh, competition log. So I'm able to put the date, the competition, the results, and the page number in here. And so let's say that you know the season started, and I'm pay on page 50, 50 through you know, 55 was the competition, you know, in Cincinnati. And this are the results. And so I can always go back and I look at my competition schedule from the previous year. It gives me the results, it gives me the page number, and I can go back and, and I can see everything right there. And I can reflect on everything and start building that plan. These things save you from having to do all the research and have to dig stuff out. So, especially when you're writing it all down. So. You know, more importantly, if you don't manage it, we can't measure it. And we can't measure what we need to reflect on going into the next season. So during this session, session you, should, you, just, you should establish your training plan in this first quarter, right? Uh, you need to make your budget, and you need to set your schedule for the year. So there's a lot going on here in this, in this first quarter of, of the season. Now... Um, you've got to evaluate your equipment. You've got to evaluate the techniques that you use. The biggest piece that I look at is, as is you've got to evaluate your knowledge acquisition. You know, um, you know how, much knowledge, how much more knowledge do you need? Uh, do you need changes in your plan to make or gain in the coming year? Uh, we're, we're constantly working on the skill acquisition, but we've got to be working on the knowledge acquisition, knowing how to train, knowing how to take care of ourselves, knowing how to film our training, you know, growing our self-image as we're training on a daily basis. It's, it's critical for the, the steps in our success, you know. Also, you know, it gives us time to test new ideas. Um, you know, if you, if you need new ideas or, or, or order new equipment, right, you got to evaluate it and make improvements to your equipment, you know, during this, this, this part of the season. You know, later in the competition phase, you will not want to change things like equipment, right? Once the competition phase starts, you don't change equipment. It, it, it's just the worst thing that you can do because you didn't have a chance to start building the trust and committing to it um, in, in a high-stress situation, okay? Now, during the second quarter, okay, now we'll talk about the second quarter, this is where you can this is where you concentrate on conditioning, okay? And that's where you're concentrating on, you know, your physical conditioning, but also the conditioning for your sport and training for the sport. So in this quarter, you work especially hard on your training that will strengthen you um, or for it will also help you for these demanding seasons ahead, right? So you've got to get you got to get trained up. You got to get your body trained up. You got to get nutrition. You got to get the right amount of sleep. So in this second quarter, you've got to be. You've got to start ramping it up. You know. So golf, you know, is not a seasonal sport. Sometimes it is a seasonal sport, depending on where you are geographically and what area you're in. However, there's major competitions going on year-round in this sport. 
uh, whether it's in South Florida, whether it's in Arizona, in Nevada, or Southern California, or even in the Caribbean, if your sport is not seasonal, you may have to compete in the conditioning season, okay? If so, understand that, you know, your competition has the same challenge, okay, of all the things that we're working on. So it, it was always motivating to me as a competitor to compete against my major competitors in the winter season. I always loved it uh, because I got to see where they were and it really helped me. You know, if, if, I, if, if I seemed behind, I worked harder, right? If I was ahead, I worked even harder. Why? Because I knew that the competition was trying to catch me, right? So there's, a, there's an advantage about uh, competing uh, year-round, uh, but we have to learn how to take those breaks, okay? So now when we move into the third quarter, okay, during the third quarter, this is where you're ready for competition, okay? You've gone through the planning phase the first quarter, uh, the second quarter, you've gone through all of your training, okay? Now the third quarter, you're ready for competition. This, this is the period where you are ramping up and getting ready for major competitions or leading up to the state championship or the national championship. By this time, you should be properly conditioned and at your best for having winning performances, okay? I'm not saying that you're gonna be at your absolute best, but you need to be at the best that you can possibly be at to have a chance to have winning performances. You should know that you, you, here's the important piece, and I stress this all the time with athletes, and I stress it even more with coaches. You need to know what it looks like on game day. You need to know what your game looks like on game day. And I'm not talking about it needs to look perfect, but what do you need to look like on game day to accomplish your goals? It's really important. If you don't know what it needs to look like on game day, there's probably a chance that you don't know what it looks like the week before. And if you don't know what it looks like the week before, two weeks out, four weeks out, six weeks, eight weeks. Um, also then, if you don't know that, I'd look to your, your coach or your teachers, and if they don't know, then um, that could be problematic. It really could. Uh, because I've always stressed to my athletes what they needed to look like on game day for them. We're not trying to look perfect. What they need to look like so they can compete based on their skill set, their knowledge, and their, their capacity, and it's important. Most, most, most athletes, or the 95 percenters, think they need to look perfect on game day. And if they're not, okay, they will immediately begin to over-try in competition. And I see this all the time. They're trying to be perfect, and if they're not, they're trying to be perfect in competition, and they're over-trying in competition. That's the kiss of death. They overtrain before, and then they overtry in competition, and that's where the 95%, because they, they're over-trying and they can't trust. The 5% just keep trusting and committing and running their steps of performance. So the third quarter is where you, you hammer out your competition. So the focus in this season is to have winning performances. And you're constantly evaluating your performances every single week after every day. You're going to your performance analysis, even in your training and preparing, you're writing everything down. Again, 
If you don't manage it, you can't measure it. And if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. It's, it's almost a double-edged sword there, okay? Your training should be centered around replicating competition and raising your training so it has higher consequences than the competition. I mean, really no drills used in training at all in this, in this third quarter. This is, this is all about replicating training at the highest level to replicate competition. And if you get off that track, it's going to kill you. It really will. Now when we move into the, the fourth quarter, this is where we, we finished our competition season. Now we're into the fourth quarter. This is where we reset and we evaluate on how the season progressed. Okay? Just going to check something here. Okay? It's you've done your best at the major championships or the national events, and it's, it's time for much-needed rest. Okay? All right? Rest and repair and reflection, and don't make the mistake of, you know, omitting this step. Don't make the mistake, okay? Don't think that in this fourth quarter that, that you think that you can jump ahead of your competitors or the competition by training overtime in this space. Chances are you will weaken yourself in the long run and you won't be able to make it through the whole season the next time. I see this, okay? You also need time away from the sport, okay? You want to reflect on it. Uh, you want to reflect on your goals. Again, looking back to your performance analysis, reflect on your goals, your training methods, and your concepts. You know, look back at everything. Look back at all the data that you recorded. And I'm not talking so much about the numbers. I'm talking about how you operate as an athlete, how you operate as, a, you know, not only as a technique, but also how do you operate from a mindset standpoint? How well do you build strategies? How well do you commit to those strategies? How well do you run the commitment phase? You have a mindset program. How well do you run that? You know, in this period, it's designed for you to establish also an outline for your training during the year. Okay, this is in that fourth quarter. This is where you're reflecting and you start laying out the outline. That's why it's so important to understand the knowledge acquisition piece. You know, if you go through this, a few, through this a few times, you ought to be able to sit down and start laying out your training um, following, you know, uh, the, the Olympic training model and doing this on a regular basis. And finally, you should set up your training objectives for the year in three major areas, okay? So finally, we need to set up our training objectives for the year and there's three major areas, okay? First, we have to determine what objective you want to meet in your training by the end of each quarter, okay? From out of each quarter, what is your objective that you want to meet in your training, okay? Number two, you have to determine how many hours you will average in each training day. You got to lay it out. You know, as with the athletes that we work with, you know, when, when, they're not in, when they're at the college level, they're spending four hours a day in their training. And then when they're on their own, they're probably spending four to five hours a day. You know, they get a couple days off a week. Um, they're, they're training 
a minimum 20 hours a week, minimum, okay? If you're a high school player, you've got to balance your training. You've got to make sure that you're getting your training hours in and not just qualifying and playing all the time because that doesn't quite take it to the level that you need to when your training can actually have higher consequences than the competition. So you got to determine your hours. You got to lay those hours out. And then third, you got to plan you got to plan out how you're going to spend those hours. By following the guidelines, by following these guidelines, you can develop a well-planned program that should improve your results in competition for years to come. And when I first got exposed to this, um, I had no clue about planning, you know, quarter. This is, this is fantastic, you know. And once I started learning this from the Olympic level, it made so much sense. And we started laying out the quarters. We even, we even drew a, a graphic and broke down the quarters and what they looked like for the season and how many hours are put together. It just makes it so much easier to do this. And then when you start working in the performance analysis at the end of every training session, every competition, every qualifying, You've got all your information right here that you can go back to because you took the time to manage this while you were competing and training. And it's, it becomes a game changer. So um, I hope you've enjoyed this session and it brought some insight to you on how to gain some organization and, and planning things out. If you've got questions, please hit, them, hit me with them. I'd be more than happy to field those for you. Even if they're in the rebroadcast, I'll go back and check that on a, on a regular basis. Um, we, we do this every Wednesday, uh, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, uh, the EPS broadcast. If you know someone that could benefit from this broadcast, please pass it along. Also, if you're interested in being a part of our private client group, we have opened that back up. We've got, a few, we've got some spots left for our, our collegiate onboarding program. I would be delighted to talk with you about, uh, about your son or your daughter, or even if you're a coach and you have an athlete, my uh, direct email is sean at seanhumphreys.com, or you can reach me on my direct line is 972-793-7255. Also, you know, you can catch all these broadcasts on uh, our YouTube channel at Sean Humphreys. And I'll tell you, we've got an incredible kickstart program going on down in, uh, in Palm Beach, Florida right now where we do it, we're doing these two days collegiate training programs and they are unbelievable. We get to use Palm Beach Atlantic University which is one of the universities that I coach at and also over a private training facility there. You come in for two days, no interruptions, there was no one else around. It is pure private serenity uh, in the warm weather of Florida here. So man, it's a cool place to do it. You can check that out on my website at seanhumphreys.com. Just click on the training, or you can give me a call to discuss. I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I have enjoyed putting it together for you. Have a great week, and I'll see you next Wednesday. Take care.